1: I think the third film we watched scared me, but only because we just watched a scary one. I feel like the scary one then tainted the rest of my viewing. So then I saw a normal film and thought it was supposed to be scary, but maybe it, it...
0: it was not scary at all. No. I didn't know why you were so scared. Uh, I was really
1: terrified. It. The phone was ringing and there was a slow zoom and it was in the dark.
0: I think it was just to be like existential, not drilling.
1: oh. Well, I was terrified.
0: Hello and welcome to I Only Like You, Byron Bay Film Festival Special, number two.
1: Number duo. (laughs) Numero de. The
0: second. (laughs) This week we watched three more short films.
1: Long shorts though I'd say. Yes,
0: yeah, so last time we watched sort of like five to like ten minute films, and this mm. time we've watched sort of fifteen to twenty minute films.
1: Well one of them was like half an hour, so So
0: next week we might even watch a whole feature.
1: <laughs> We're just progressing. We're warming up to the festival. We
0: sure are. Um, the films we watched are Tits on a Bull, The Deal, and
1: Whoever Was Using This Bed.
0: Hmm, what quite a selection. There's a New Zealand film, an Australian film, an American film. No, that's the great thing about the Byron Bay Film Festival, eh? isn't <laughs> it? International, is multicultural.
1: Eclectic mix of ethnicities, mm. nationalities, films. Films, yeah. just in general. <laughs> just as a mix of films, everyone.
0: <laughs> First film, Tits on a Bull. So it's about women's rugby in New Zealand, mm. which um, doesn't really get a whole lot of films made about it, I don't think.
1: Women's rugby in general doesn't, women's sport doesn't, so it was kind of cool to see a film about that. Mm-hmm. This film's from New Zealand, directed by Tim or Worrell or Waral. Sorry, I Tim, think. not sure how to say your surname. Worrell, probably. Probably. Um, he's been working in New Zealand Film and TV for like the last 10 years, doing similar things to this. So. I
0: was reading actually that he's part of a collective of Maori filmmakers, so they've made a few short films together, yeah.
1: Yeah, so the a couple of the actors in the film are Maori and that's really interesting to see Maori people on screen because often the norm is white male and then if you're lucky a white woman. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to see. I think
0: New Zealand films are pretty good at showing their cultures, but yeah, just nationally, generally.
1: Yeah. yeah. We've spoken about this before on a previous podcast actually about New Zealand's relationship to its cinema and... How it's very different to Australia's relationship to its cinema. This kind of reinforces our point that we made then, doesn't it? This is something different. They seem mm-hmm. proud of their culture. They seem, you know, very accepting of and very comfortable about their film industry and what they're trying to do, don't you think?
0: Definitely. Although the last podcast we reviewed an um, Indigenous film from Australia, so that was pretty cool too. Yeah. So, yeah, but on the whole, looks like New Zealand I've seen more accepting of it all. Mm-hmm. I've spent a fair amount of time around sort of local um, football sort of things and this film was quite similar to the experiences I've had with it.
1: Do you think it was quite natural, like reflective? Yeah, it was
0: quite realistic, I think.
1: Um, The film's kind of like a slice of life. It's not like a massive drama or a massive comedy or there's no like really A plus B plot. It's more just a...
0: Yeah, it's essentially just a... um, the argument or training, really.
1: Yeah, one practice session.
0: Yeah, which is, you know, filling in for so much more that's happening in these characters' lives. Mm.
1: I think fans of rugby, like, did you understand the jargon a bit more than I did, do you think? Oh, yeah,
0: but I don't think you would, if you didn't know anything about sport, you'd still understand the film.
1: You still understand it. Mm. A couple of the really heavy, like, moments where they're talking about types of plays and stuff went completely over my head. But...
0: Oh, but that wasn't the point, though.
1: No, I know. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. it wasn't the point. It's not about technical things. It's about that was just a vehicle for the drama, not really Mm. the point.
1: They did build suspense really well with the training session. Like Mm. there were lots of – it was very cinematic, I thought, the way they Mm. shot it, which was Mm -hmm. um, really cool to see from an independent short. It Mm -hmm. was, yeah, very sure of what it was doing. And you could really sense that, I think, watching it.
0: Uh, Roy Billing is the old crusty old coach. He's a really great actor who you might not know his name, but if you see him, you know he's been in so many Australian and New Zealand things over the years.
1: Yeah, he's one of those people that's been in everything.
0: Yeah, you know his face and his voice, Mm. so he he was really great, wasn't he? So it's like a New Zealand film, it's about rugby, it's about women's rugby, and it's also some lesbian characters too. It's got a few of the minorities ticked off in the box, but... Not, not in a way just just to have them. I think it was exploring some issues properly, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. It wasn't token at all. It was mm-hmm. kind of interesting, though, that for a film that had so many minorities in one place, it kind of did all of them justice. I thought
0: mm. mm-hmm. recommended. Mm. Second film is called The Deal. It comes from America and it has the backing of a certain Joss Whedon.
1: You may have heard of him.
0: He's done a few films that you might have seen.
1: Done a few TV shows.
0: Did a thing called The Avengers. Heard of that?
1: Did a thing called Buffy. Did he do Buffy?
0: Yes, he did Buffy. He did Buffy,
1: didn't he? I just wanted to check for us. He was sure.
0: He also wrote um, Toy Story. He was one of the writers on that.
1: What parts did he write of Toy Story? Oh, the creepy Sid bits. I I bet you he wrote the creepy Sid bits. I don't
0: know which page he wrote, but he wrote, he was one of the writers on it. There was like five writers. He was one of them.
1: He definitely wrote the Sid bits.
0: He was also part of – we're not talking about Joss Whedon here, okay? <laughs> talking about Daniel S. Kaminsky, who is was Joss's assistant on The Avengers and he's worked with him in all sorts of roles in Hollywood. And he's uh, written and directed this film. It's um, based off a, a feature film script that he read when he was an assistant, apparently, and he liked it so much he wanted to see it. And it didn't really happen. And he, so he got to the point where he could make it and he's gone and made it into a short film.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. And it's so cool that, like, he was the assistant to Joss Whedon and now Joss Whedon – He's an executive producer on this film, so it's like, I don't know, buddies helping each other and it's cool.
0: (laughs) It is cool. It's a cool film too. Um, It's a kind of a – this is the creepy thriller one that Sine was talking about.
1: It's super creepy and interesting and, like, weird and intricate and cool.
0: There's so much hinted at that hasn't really explained. But I
1: I love that. I love that we weren't spoon-fed and, like, oh, this is the reason this happened and Mm blah, 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 blah. It's really, like – It's one of those films that you could walk out and be like, oh, my God, why did that happen? What Mm -hmm, do you reckon? And mm -hmm. talk with your friends about theories and stuff. Like it's really, oh, I think it's really cool. It's really provoking.
0: So the basic plot is this guy comes back um, to his old hometown after he's been away for years, like a year after graduation, and he goes to his house party and all his old people he knew from school have all changed Yeah, really, really dramatically.
1: He kind of meets up with his old high school friends and he's trying to figure out
0: like the fat girl is now really popular and skinny yeah and the weirdo kid is now everyone's best friend sort of thing yeah um and he's also been on an accident a car accident himself mm. um and he's there with his girlfriend monica who was played by the new storm in x-men the uh, new x-men film
1: alexandra ship yeah her? she was amazing i think all the acting was really great in this yeah. film and that i think was so important to pulling off the creepiness
0: yeah definitely It's definitely wasn't hollywood but it's like sort of adjacent to Hollywood because they've got some quite famous actors and stuff, hey? It
1: was very polished. Yeah, totally. It was really, I don't know, there wasn't much I could fault technically on it. There was awesome foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. like amazing stuff that happens like at the beginning and you're like, I don't really get that, but whatever, you don't really think Mm. about it too much. And then it comes back at the end and you're like, oh, my God, that's why. And it's really exciting when that happens.
0: Like some of these films we watch and we enjoy them, but this one we could watch and watch again and get something out of it again, don't you reckon?
1: I reckon definitely. Yeah. yeah. It'd reward second, third viewings. Yeah. It's kind of like a hyper realism style, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like it's realism, but it's, I don't know, a bit stylized.
0: Yeah. It's it's in that sci fi sort of area. Mm. Yeah.
1: But maybe don't watch it in the dark.
0: Well, they have to, don't they? They're in a the cinema. Oh, they probably. do too.
1: I got scared, everyone. I got really scared. It's
0: not a great barometer.
1: Well, no, it's not, <laughs> but it's creepy.
0: Yeah, there's no, like, um, jump scares or, like, s- like totally scary violent no, bits. it's but... more
1: suspense and, like, intrigue and, like,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: imagine the Twilight Zone theme song mm-hmm. and then this is, like, that. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's going to happen? Ah!
0: <laughs> it's exactly like
1: that. It's exactly like that. <laughs> That's what this film is. Mm -hmm. So I definitely recommend it. Just maybe take someone with a hand to hold.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's nice. That can go on the the poster for it.
1: Yeah, that can be like the tagline. Yeah.
0: I wonder if it actually will become a feature now that it's done so well now. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to see how that happens? Yeah, I'd
1: actually, I'd watch more about this story.
0: Mm -hmm. And our third film is Whoever Was Using This Bed, which is a short film based off a short story by Raymond Carver.
1: Yeah, he's a famous American playwright. He wrote the play that they work on in Birdman.
0: Which is interesting because he was, like, one of the most celebrated writers of the 20th century and Mm -hmm. now he's known for being the guy whose story is in Birdman. I know, yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of the point of Birdman, isn't it? Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, This is an Australian film um, directed by Andrew Kotatko? Kotatko. Kotatko. Andrew Kay. And Andy Kaye, our bestie, <laughs> um, he's been a music consultant for many Australian films like The Water Diviner and, and films like that, so it's um, kind of cool to see him step mm-hmm. up to directing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's quite an intimate film. It's only really a two-person cast plus a voice actress, so I don't know how you run that out. But um, Radha Mitchell actually plays the lead character. But interestingly, she doesn't play an Australian.
0: Yeah, so they they keep the American setting even though it was filmed in Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think of that?
0: Well, kind of interesting because
1: mm.
0: it felt to me very much like a play. Yes. Like even though, like you know, you watch a play in Australia, but you know they're doing American accents and stuff. It's kind of that weird thing in your head where you've got to hold both things that you know that are conflicting in your head yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it was very stylized and it was very obvious they're putting on the accents, but it didn't necessarily take away from it. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say.
1: I agree. That's the first thing I thought as soon as we finished watching it. It felt so much like a play in the sense that there's, like, layered dialogue and really interesting characters with, like, different motivations and, like, it's yeah. just really rich.
0: The actors would have loved, loved it, eh?
1: Yeah, it seems like an actor piece.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we haven't really said what it's about. It's yeah. it's basically about a married couple, Radha Mitchell and Jean-Marc Barr, who's a French actor, um, who I think they've just moved into this apartment. Seemingly, yes. Um, and they receive a phone call in the middle of the night. And that's the bit that creeped me out, <laughs> but I don't. It's not meant to be. Basically, the idea is that John McBar feels a connection to the woman on the other end of the phone, and it's about them trying to reconcile that, and also he's talking about their fears and their hopes and life and marriage and all sorts of things. It's
0: it's one of those films where not a lot happens, but a mm-hmm. lot happens at the same time. You know, yeah, not much plot happens, but so much going on inside the characters' lives that, you know.
1: Yeah. I think that there is a real intimacy and, like, personal sort of thing. Like you said, it feels like watching a play. It also feels like we're kind of creeping on to people's lives, like witnessing mm-hmm. these really personal moments that Which we're not is supposed to be.
0: the best type of filmmaking, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Where the camera was just more like a fly on the wall than actually mm-hmm. something that they're performing to. I wonder if maybe an older audience would appreciate this more, people who had been married for a long time, I wonder if they could relate more to the specific topics that they discuss in their relationship than we could, being newly-ish together.
0: Being youngsters.
1: Yeah. Like I still found it interesting and super amazing. I just wonder if there would have been an extra layer of interest for an older audience who had experienced some of those things themselves.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that... Coming from it, from that perspective, would be very interesting. Mm. Very different to how we would see it.
1: Mm. You no, know, this was Kickstarter funded as well.
0: Yeah, there was some Kickstarter funding. Cool. They
1: raised like eighteen thousand dollars or something to do this. That's like,
0: pretty
1: awesome. That's so cool. These films that are getting made, like as a result of what audiences want to see, like you can mm-hmm. actually vote with your money on what films you want to get made. Mm-hmm. I think that's just such a cool concept. And then things like this come out of it, which is really awesome. I'd really recommend this film if you were interested in the psychology of humans, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And I try to not say that in a really pretentious way, but it's, like, really interesting seeing, like, a glimpse into this married couple's life of how they feel and how they act. And it also felt kind of Woody Allen-esque, not in the Woody Allen way that you think of Woody Allen, but in the really... Interpersonal relationships, complex sort of feelings about things, way. It's
0: not like his early funny stuff. No. Later darker stuff. (laughs) It's
1: like Blue Jasmine esque, Hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about characters' feelings and motivations.
0: I'm sure he was inspired by Raymond Carver and all those people. Absolutely, yeah. Or vice versa, maybe.
1: Would you recommend?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would recommend this, totally. Um, Especially if you're an acting student. I can see this one being picked up by all the acting schools around the country, hey. Yeah. And being studied.
1: There are some really great um, two person dialogue scenes mm. for like auditions or things like that. Mm-hmm. If you're a fellow fellow acting friends. Yes. Get on this. <laughs> There's some really great scenes there.
0: Well, that's another three awesome films you should go and see at the Byron Bay Film Festival happening between the fourteenth and the twenty third of October this year.
1: So on the website for the Byron Bay Film Festival, you can read about a few of the films that are showing. It's not completely finalised yet, but um, there's some really interesting ones up there, which I know we're going to have a flick through and see what we want to see when we go down there. So I'd recommend doing that if you're thinking of coming. Um, And please do come. Like these things are so rare, these kinds of festivals, that I think we really should support them and engage with them when they are around. And they're so rewarding for you as well when you go and see things that you never would have seen elsewhere.
0: I agree. And if you come down this year, you might even come see us. Yeah. You know, see some great films.
1: We might even give you an autograph.
0: See some great people.
1: Are you including yourself in the great people?
0: I included you as a great person, Sine.
1: Aww.
0: And if I'm near you, I suppose I'm a little bit great as well.
1: That's really sweet and romantic. Thank you. Well, where's the joke at the end there's no
0: joke totally serious
1: you're not usually so this. just
0: take a compliment once in a while
1: yeah but you're not usually this sentimental mm, are you mm.
0: come back next week see if i'm still being sentimental <laughs> we promise we'll review some um films out in the cinemas too if you're plenty hanging out for that it's happening okay
1: can i tell them what the next one's gonna be yes it's gonna be the secret life of pets
0: Spoilers, Sine loves it.
1: Spoilers that aren't really spoilers because anyone who knows me will know. It's like the best film ever.
0: we will talk to you then. <laughs> Bye. Hold
1: up. What was that?